0: Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Mauda Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and
1: training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuelfamily. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at DannyVega.ms, at Fat Fuel Mom, and at Fat Fuel Kids, and Fat Fueled Family on YouTube. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome to the Fat Family Podcast. I'm your host Danny Vega, and I'm joined by my lovely wife Maura. How are Hi, you, good. my love?
3: <laughs> How are you?
2: Good. We're both uh, happy right now. We're both relaxed. The kids are. Uh, we don't usually record in the afternoon, but we we're recording in the afternoon today um, with no nanny. Where this is like really scary for us That's because good. we
3: gave them we gave them food. We and gave them movies. food.
2: We gave them steak. We gave them we gave them movies. Strict orders. Um, and they can go outside on the trampoline if they want. But our guest um doesn't. Isn't available during our usual recording times, and you guys will find out why. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna get right into it today because we don't wanna waste our guest time. Uh, this week's guest is a certified health, holistic health counselor with a Bachelor of Psychology from the University of Virginia and trained at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She's also the author of the best selling Heal Your Gut Cookbook and the head of nutrition services at the Manzanita School, Topanga, California. After seeing the power of food as medicine with her own family, she passionately dove into the challenge of solving school lunches. After years of frustration, she decided it was time to roll up her sleeves and become the lunch lady herself. Returning her children's school to an ancestral way of eating has eliminated dietary confusion and changed lives on all fronts. From the children and staff eating the lunches, to the farmers and purveyors raising, growing, and supplying the food, to the dedicated lunch leaders lovingly preparing the lunches, Her concept is so infused with love, one can't help but want in. (laughs) She believes a grassroots effort and bottom up approach is where it's at. Hillary is most proud to see this infused into the children's homes where this way of eating now becomes the norm. And people are once again valuing time spent around the table with family, locally sourced seasonal foods, and great conversation. That last part is just so amazing. Just getting like. Time around the table, no cell phones, <laughs> locally sourced seasonal foods, and actual conversation. I mean, there's no better way to start than than that. Welcome to the show, Hillary Boynton. Hi, Hillary.
0: Hi. Thank you. Thank you for We're so me. excited. We've been- I'm so excited. I'm like that sounds kind of dreamy, right? I'm like, does that happen every night? Not quite, but
2: no. <laughs> not I can quite. imagine. Not yeah, all day. of your hard work, like yeah. distilled into like a few paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the things that I was thinking about, first, we have to mention that um, Maura's right. We were very excited to talk to you because we first saw the video that our friend Cassie actually sent us. She's like, you got to see what this lady's doing out in California. She sent it to us and we were just like... Yeah,
1: because she knows my jam. That's my jam. Like the kids thing. That's like our whole mission. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, when she sent that to me, I was like, this is everything.
0: Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, it's like I was just saying to other women that as soon as your kids hit the school system, I think is when most parents have that aha moment. Like, oh my gosh, what are they being fed? And why is this happening?
2: Yeah. And it's so crazy when you think about, especially the young kids, because they're, as it is, you know, Kindergarten first, second grade, they probably shouldn't be sitting down in the first place. They should be playing around. Yeah. But then you you start their days with, you know, wheat and sugar and all this stuff, and you got like several snacks where they're eating more sugar, and then it's even more hard for them to sit down.
0: Yeah. I know it's so true. We say that we have their stomachs for six hours a day, which is so amazing. And so to give them a nutrient dense snack, I mean, ideally, right? Kids would would not even need a snack, right? If they're fed right. a sustainable meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or something that will power them through, they won't be hungry for a snack. But when you do have that opportunity, you give them something you know will keep them going and um, and feed their feed their little bodies and their growing brains and all that. Love it. We love that.
2: We'll definitely. Yeah, we're definitely going get. We're, to the definitely gonna, topic get, for we're sure. gonna
0: definitely get into all that stuff. But we
1: always lead off with the question: What is the most critical problem you are currently trying to solve?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I I you mean within the school lunch system or just in general in children's health or well, you yeah. could take it if you could, could take, take it any anywhere. direction.
2: It could it could even be something personal, but I mean it, it's kind of obvious to us what your main focus is, but yeah. we, we want to hear a little bit more about it.
0: I mean the, what was the question? What's my main concern or my main What problem? is the most critical problem you're currently trying to solve? Yeah, so I am trying to um to get to to prevent disease in children, it's at this point we have fifty four percent of our children are suffering with a chronic disease, and so or a chronic illness, and that's not even including those um, soft diagnoses where they haven't even really been diagnosed. Right. And so it's really I'm so passionate about um, prevention because um, I've we've been through so much with my own personal story that I see the power of food as medicine, and I've just seen how destructive disease can be. So to have these little kids preventing disease, uh, is huge
3: for me.
2: That's so, that is so clutch because uh, you're right. Like, I I think we've seen, um, one of the figures we've seen is that within the next five years, it'll probably be close to 80% of children will have a chronic illness. Like illnesses aren't even, they're not supposed to really exist. You know, we shouldn't be having chronic illnesses. It's all under our control. And the fact that we've let it get to this point, I can't imagine I mean we we think about the movie um WALL-E. I don't know if you've right. ever seen that movie WALL-E but Yeah, a
0: long time ago, right? Is it
3: the little the little yeah. robot Yeah, the
2: yeah. little robot and you know the earth is like, you know, scorched and, you know, people are living in space and they're like these huge obese people that are, you know, wheelchair bound and they're being fed all day and they're just watching TVs like and and I, and I I look at that and I'm like that's not really far off of the of the path that we're on because you know these chronic diseases make people slaves to pharmaceuticals, and then once you start that whole cascade of things that happens when you your health starts to deteriorate in one way, then you add all those pharmaceuticals and then it just it becomes like a fast track. I've seen it happen with my own grandmother. I've seen it happen with a ton of people you, you you go in for this and then all of a sudden, within a few months, you're on insulin how How are you on insulin? how How did you lose blood sugar control? And part of it is the, you know, the the medicines and stuff. So it's so important. What you're saying is to, to, to prevent that from happening in the first place.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, I've really found, I mean, just through my own personal story that you spend, once you are down that path of chronic disease, you spend your whole day and all your money chasing health and it's no fun. It's no, no way to live. Yeah. Yeah. goals really to have these children thriving free of disease where they can pursue their passions and live, you know, live a full life and give birth to children, you know?
2: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think, you know, your story is very powerful because, you know, we know that you've dealt with a few personal health issues and even your husband. So I want to back up a a bit and I want to, I just love for our listeners to get to know you a little better. So you could, could you give us a quick background on your history with nutrition and then how you came to learn about and follow this ancestral way of eating?
0: Yeah. I mean, I always, I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately, but I feel like my story, it's not a, it's not super quick, but I'll try and give you the long and the short. <laughs> of it. Um, but it did, it did start really back in high school. I went and fell hook, line and sinker for the whole fat free movement. And for about 10 years was fat free and just thought fat. was the devil and but thought I knew everything and wanted to major in nutrition and fitness and um and just thought I had all the answers and then it was when I was 26 um I could not have babies I had four years four miscarriages over three years and that was really the most painful time of my life looking back I mean no it's like we just most of us have this innate desire to procreate and you would think of like having babies when we're little and and so to all of a sudden be so young and not able to have babies, I was like, why is my body failing me? And then, of course, I went into in vitro and all of modern medicine and ended up with triplets um, <laughs> through in vitro and then decided maybe we'd like to have one more child And when they were three. And I, boom, got pregnant right away with my fourth. And um, oh, so now looking God. back, stress played a huge factor. I think stress is maybe the number one killer out there. Yes. Um, and so that was playing a huge role in the continuation of my infertility, I think. And um, and then my fourth baby, when he was six months old, I found out I was pregnant with my fifth baby. Oh my and, goodness! I know. So I had five under four, and at that point, oh my oh, goodness! My um, fourth baby, at two months old, had started to just break out head to toe and eczema. So he um, was really the impetus for change for me. I just started to really dive down. And, and try and get some answers. And every doctor wanted to put him on steroid cream and Zyrtec twice a day and just sort of said, this is his lot in life and asthma and eczema and allergies. And they all went hand in hand. And, um, and ironically, I just realized this like last year, ironically, at that point, I had stumbled upon Jamie Oliver and Alice Waters and what they were doing with school wow. lunches. Yeah. And I went into that, even though I had no children in school yet. Um, I just decided that I realized how bad it was and that something needed to be done about it. And I came, um, was hooked up with another woman named Kristen Canty who's done the um the documentary called Farmageddon. And she's hmm. in a farm table restaurant in Massachusetts with her. But she she had already tried to change the school lunches and said, If you wanna try again, I suppose I'll jump back in the ring with you, but it's not gonna be easy. And so, um, we, we jumped into the school lunches together at that point, but she had said to me, she introduced me to the Weston, uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation and told me about raw dairy. And I had never even heard of raw milk. I mean, I was raised on skim milk and, um, but I was ready to try anything. And sure enough, I put him on raw milk and cod liver oil. And within two months, he was completely healed. Amazing. That was like the, oh my gosh, real food just healed my son. And, um, and we dove in and did, you know, we, purged our cabinets and when i went right away to a western Price conference where um they had a whole amish setup and the amish people were like we need someone to run our co-op and so i jumped in and ran a amazing so i was like i'll lead the co-op and so for yeah. six I ran an underground Amish
2: co-op out of my home. It's um, <laughs> awesome. awesome. This was uh, you, when you wait, were wait, still we, in Massachusetts. We, we, were
0: part, we're, we were part of one.
1: Like, remember, yeah, we were Annie? part when of to get underground. raw milk? She's the one putting on that. You know, they come from Ocala, from the Amish farm. Yeah. And they bring us the raw milk, yeah. So
2: you were, you were selling milk for people to buy for their wink-wink pets?
0: <laughs> well, it depends on the laws. I think in California, it's legal, though. Well, this was actually in Massachusetts. Oh, in Massachusetts, that's yeah. right. That's right, Pennsylvania, And then it was all a membership program. So it was technically legal, yeah. Yeah. but a little bit underground. Yeah. But, um, but that I just wanted everyone to have access to this food. And I went back and got my um, holistic health counselor license. I just wanted something to have a credential to be able to teach people and feel a little bit more empowered. And so mm-hmm. I started teaching cooking classes out of my home. And then we have a daughter with epilepsy. And so I had... Been then trying to heal, heal her and find answers for her, and came across the GAPS diet, which mm-hmm. is the gut and psychology syndrome, the gut the brain connection, that whole thing. And there's yeah. this protocol, a uh, dietary protocol started by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. Um, and so I decided to, and I'd heard her speak a couple of times, and just had decided that that was the road we should go down. And I was, um, so I was teaching much of the GAPS principles in my cooking classes, but I was very confused. There was just like so much conflicting information. And this was about eight years ago, I guess. So it was very new and there was nothing online. There weren't even that many bloggers. And so at that point, I mean, I guess there were, but not too many, but there was a woman in my cooking class who was also on the GAPS diet and she is a photographer and she's like, we should write a cookbook on this. And so we decided to write a cookbook and that's how that launched. And then um, and then, two weeks into, when I handed the book over to my publishing company, um, two weeks later, my husband at the time was diagnosed with throat cancer. Wow. So that whole life just got flipped completely upside down. And at that point, I knew so much about the human body and diet and the immune system that I knew. Um, I mean, the best way I can describe it to people so that it's sort of like that aha, uh-huh, it's like, we all remember going to the... School fair, or at least I do. When you go to school fair and you get a brand new fish, you win the little ping pong thing or whatever, and you get a fish in a bag and you come home and you put it in the fish tank and it's all <laughs> happy and swimming around and then it poops and it gets fed and the tank starts to get murky and the fish starts to slow down and hang out towards the top. And um, you can put all the, you know, you could give the fish all the organic food and all the medicine you want. But if you don't clean the tank, the fish is not going to survive.
3: Right.
2: Oh, that's such a good analogy.
0: Body, right? Like we have to clean out the tank. So we went and rebalanced it. So we went down, um, we, we really dove down into the alternative um, avenue and, and cleaned his entire immune system and rebalanced everything. And we didn't tell anybody for a while. And then we ended up moving to California ultimately to seek a more, ter- more alternative um, therapy and then also just a new way of life, less stress, sunshine, you mm-hmm. know, in and out. Probably,
2: probably more acceptance of, of this, this way, this lifestyle, yeah. I would, I would guess too. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause I was just talking to this woman right before you guys mm-hmm. about this, like food, when you do go extreme. And when we were on gaps, it was so extreme that it can be very isolating and food yeah. so for so many people that you can get judged and people can feel judged. And I certainly I'm sure did judge some people. And, um, so looking back, it's just, I can see all that now, you know, that it's, it makes people uncomfortable or yeah. it can be very um, isolating for sure. It can cause friction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, That's an incredible story. Um, but we really want to talk about what you're doing in, uh, the school in Topanga. Cause you're, you're like, I love that you call yourself the lunch lady because you're like my dream lunch lady. <laughs> you're and you're currently working at a school. Um, I think that's when your children go to, right? The Intepanga. Yep. Awesome. Well, we would love to hear like how this all started, the steps you had to take, and the obstacles you maybe had to overcome
0: or face to get to where you guys are now. So I literally, so we moved to California, and then literally. Um, my husband's first day out of bed, we drove to Topanga from Santa Monica. And we're like, oh, let's go check out Topanga. we never even heard of it, really. I've been up here. and um, is this little mountain town in between Malibu and Santa Monica. And there was this little tiny nature-based school that somebody told us about. And we drove up there, and there were only 30 yes. kids at the time. And the chef there had... Caught their own fish and cooked it up that day. And then she told me that she wanted to roast a whole goat. And I was like freaking out. I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Like, I found my people. Um, yes. Exactly. We, we immediately applied and, um, and ended up moving to Topanga for that reason. And then as the school got bigger, they outsourced the lunches. And that's when I saw that the shift and that there were. I wasn't really in line with a nature-based school to have factory farmed animals being served or just, you know, not even organic vegetables. And yeah, Yeah. so not that they, they were doing the best they could, but it, the growth needed to happen in a different way. I felt, and I knew that we had answers for that. Um, but at the same time was coming out of only my home kitchen, not ever working a day in a commercial kitchen or a restaurant or anything. So, I I was hired on as the snack coordinator and the consultant to the lunch lady, (laughs) the the current lunch lady. And I went in with my Nourishing Traditions cookbook and my cookbook. (laughs) It's your bone broth and we can even do organ meats and all this stuff. And she just was all smiles like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then internally, I think she was freaking out. And (laughs) the the head of the school pulled me over like two days later. It was like, you are forbidden to talk to her, basically. You freaked her out and she's going to quit. So I just decided, okay, Hillary, just chill out and just start showing up and serving really beautiful snacks and showing what can be done. And so I would go to the farmer's market, interact with the farmers. And I had had all these relationships that I had developed over the years from the Weston A. Price Conferences, like with Mark McAfee from Organic Pastures. I mean, he jumped right on board and sent us, mm-hmm. I think, like two gallons of milk and like four pints of cream and
3: oh, nice.
0: raw butter every week for that entire oh. year for free, just to help get us started. And so we'd make raw kefir, and we had, oh you know, my like a, gosh, it's just amazing because it's, it's legal out here. So I was like pinching myself. like This is so cool. So, um, so that was really beautiful. And Sandeep from Pure Indian Foods Ghee, he jumped on board and sent out um, beautiful ghee. And so I felt like I just started to, connect more and more with my resources. And then of course the local food system I dove into and I would go to the farmer's market and anything interesting that was a conversation piece or a bumper crop of something, I would get it or a deal or something that a farmer wanted to get rid of. I would take it and make something, whether it was roasted sun sense. jokes or, um, zucchini i'd make zoodles out of or just doing like roasted cherry tomatoes with thyme and olive oil and garlic and serving that up on sourdough i was making after we graduated from gaps i said if i have bread i'm gonna learn how to make my own sourdough yes um so exposing the kids i mean back then it was so small that like the high schoolers would eat at a different time and there were only like 15 of them so i'd make like two loaves of fresh out of the oven, beautiful sourdough and have sprouted almond butter or whatever, like kind of dreamy back then. Now it's gotten all big and crazy, but um, (laughs) it's not even, not even that big, but it feels big. Um, so, so yeah, so I just started to show what could be done. And then come December, I spoke with the head of school and just he could see the difference in the lunch versus the snack. And the kids were very engaged with the snack. Whereas they used to kind of grab a snack and go, they were hanging around and learning and talking and trying new things. And so he said, basically, if I give you the keys to the kitchen, are you ready? I was like, okay, yeah. And with all the confidence in the world and internally, I was freaking out. And then, um, so I had a week to basically plan Christmas for my five children and then a week to set up the kitchen and go. Oh, my God. Wow. So, yeah. So and that was that I had a great um, woman that jumped on board with me from the beginning. And she had a, a similar epiphany where she saw kids once walking to school with like orange juice and Doritos and just said, this is not right. And I want to do something to make a difference. And so she she jumped on board and she was a trained chef. So she really helped me set up the systems and, um, and just help it grow to where it is
3: today.
2: That's Amazing. so important to have systems, right? Because you get that peace of mind when you can automate things as much as possible. I can't imagine all the different tasks, like from, because you go from the beginning to the end, like you're sourcing it, you're preparing it, you're, I mean, yeah. this, this is really.
0: I didn't I mean, even know what systems were until I moved to California. Like I have a systems, old friend who's a systems expert in Massachusetts. And Really understood what she did. I'm like, what is a systems expert? But at this point, it's like everything systems. Yep. Everything in nature is systems,
3: right?
0: Yes. everything is systems. And even with five children, I'm like, why didn't I have my systems in place when they were born? Yeah, backtrack. That so all you people that are pregnant out there, get your systems. Okay. In place yeah, yeah. together. Listen,
2: I'll I'll second that. Systems and I've SOPs, like standard operating procedures, yeah. like ways learning. to to like have you know. <laughs> Um, well-established expectations yes. um, from everyone involved, just in anything in your life. Like, yeah. I mean, for if anything. you and I fight, or if we get into like get angry at the kids, a lot of the times it's a mismatch of our expectations. Right. You know, so yeah. this is just so. I just I, it blows me away, honestly, because you know when I you just think want about, to go to the
1: nature school, though.
2: Like, oh, of course, <laughs> it's yeah. so amazing. What, is, you uh, to to how, what did you say, Hillary?
0: You come for lunch.
2: I totally, know I would come totally, for lunch oh my gosh that would be like the best thing ever and we have a friend how far there. is
0: um
1: we have Where friends at? out in Laguna Niguel I don't know how far that is from you guys
0: it's yeah, like uh Laguna Beach is like what hour and a half maybe oh, that's not bad
2: yeah and then we have friends up north at I don't know if you've ever heard of Act- Acton Placer um it's uh it's another like alternative kind Where of school they're all the way they're up like in um like in sacramento or something oh, okay. like that you know that's where That's
3: a little
0: farther up
2: yeah that's yeah, a that's little far. further up
0: you can come stay with me
2: listen oh all, thank you so we'll much. we'll take you up on that we'll give you the same uh you can stay at our in our guest room too if you ever come to tampa
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, where are you guys in
2: tampa, in tampa? florida yeah. yeah tampa
0: florida
1: oh my gosh wow so it's, yeah we just missed that hurricane this week where like everyone was going crazy wow <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're lucky. we lucky. We got lucky this time around. Yeah. But, you know, what I want to talk about <clears throat> is we have this this new farm-to-table, like, explosion, which, oh, my gosh, yes, awesome. Yeah, we want it. more of that. Um, but, you know, a lot of the time it comes with the higher, you know, price, which, of course, I mean, we're willing to pay it. But to me, the thought of bringing a farm-to-table lunch every day, like, it seems very... Difficult, you know. So somehow you you still are able to focus on quality sourcing and ingredients, and 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 you did mention um, another thing that I thought I, I would want to just add my own comment about the, how people helped you at the beginning, and yeah. you had some different. You had a ghee company, you had dairy, and that to me, I mean, we'll get deeper into what you know all the nuts and bolts of how you're trying to make this into a more scalable model. But it seems like it would be very, very effective if we're able to develop a network of producers of real food that for them, this is like a marketing thing and and for us, of course, not only are we supporting the company by hopefully buying their stuff, um, they're getting marketing and they're giving you free stuff, and then we are also for the future fixing things because the market is going to like you said it comes from the bottom, the market yeah. has to decide right dictate yeah, what the products right. are but i'd love to hear a little bit more about you know building those relationships with the local farmers and how you go about sourcing ingredients is there like is there like a now a network of farms that you go to are you, are these phone calls or are you still kind of going to like the, the markets
0: well it's so interesting i mean i i could talk for hours on what you just said because the when anybody hears about what we're doing and those who get it really get it right they know that it's for the children and they jump on board so from first first you know our first choice is always the local farmer to support them but even then heading into regional and national brands are huge because we do have this goal of spreading across the nation and training lunch leaders to infiltrate the school systems and communities and homes all across the nation and the world so to have these partnerships is essential and one of the, uh, the first uh, partners that I had was with Primal Kitchen as well. Um, nice. I had connected with Mark Sisson, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but um, I reached out to him and they were super helpful. And then, and then through time, I realized, I mean, like a year into this or so, I was just like, oh my gosh, even if every school just switched out their condiments alone. That would
2: <laughs> the be a oils, my goodness, I can't imagine.
0: We started the Lunch Lady Condiment Crusade or I started that <laughs> <It's so laughs> awesome. condiment crusade. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my Primal kitchen because mayonnaise is like the condiments are the worst defense. The worst. Oh,
2: it's the worst. The vegetable
0: oils, it's the worst. It's
2: all hydrogenated, crap, fake food. I don't even know what yeah. to call it.
0: So we have like and then with the Lunch Leader Academy, that's like the whole last day of the academy was spent basically with them connecting. We had Mark McAfee came in organic pastures. Justin came in from Clovis Culture. We had Jovial Brand Foods. We had um, Primal Kitchen. We had Branch Basics, which is like a beautiful... um, Oh, yeah. Cleaning stuff, right? Cleaning supplies. We had um, Brewer's Crackers where they're using spent grains to um, create crackers that we had. Uh, Who else did we have? in Beauty, Apricot Lane. Um, I mean, I, like so many, the, a sprouted almond milk company called The Good Milk. My friend Brooke out here, who's now developed a Yeah, we
2: know The Good Milk. Yeah, yeah I've heard of yeah.
0: that. It's amazing. Like I connected with her right when we moved out here like five years ago. And I was going to take her pulp at the time, her almond pulp, and make things out of that to like have food waste. And now she's gone like basically national and she's has this concentrate where you can just re or, um, have it shipped all over and then you just add water and blend it up. So one is all sprouted, no fillers. It's just yeah, water.
2: none of this, all the stuff that you see in the, in the nut milks. I mean, people don't, that's, that's yeah. another blind spot for people.
0: Right. It's like, Oh, I can't have dairy. And then you have all this other crap that does the- <laughs> go into your body well so the national brands are huge and my goal really was to have something that was like lunch lady approved so these kids could say oh miss hillary agrees with this or she supports this company and um you know they have no bad ingredients and so when the mom is standing in the grocery store right, they right. No. dressings or granola bars they can just hurry up and get out of there and choose the right one you know otherwise you're stuck there for an hour reading labels and you don't even know what's in half the things right yeah um, so it's really huge. And we also do a really, um, uh, or it's really important that we, we have like a PAL program, which is parents at lunch where we invite parents once a month to the, to come for lunch and we also have a farmer that comes or like Carla Bartolucci from Jovial Brand Foods came last year and we did a killer sourdough einkorn pizza day with a open fire um, wood grill or whatever. And had, um, her talk to like, we will do an event the night before, like a slow food event the night before with like a bunch of people in the community. And then the next day that person will come to school. If it's a national brand, then they come to school and we do a really fun event around them at the school, educating the kids. And so Sandeep has come from Pure Indian Foods and Mark McAfee's come from Organic Pastures. And so it's it really is an amazing opportunity for these brands to reach children at a young age. So, um, and then even a couple of People who came to the Lunch Leader Academy and were trained are starting preschools. So to think of like these kids getting these foods into them in preschool is so awesome. It starts very early.
2: And I think of like, I I want, I'm just, I'm, I'm your vision. I'm like seeing your vision in the future. And I, obviously we want to help whatever way possible, but can you imagine when this happens, when you have, you know, your message has reached enough people that large brands start to change their formulations. That is so powerful because then even the person who doesn't, who's unsuspecting and doesn't even know about this stuff is going to benefit for when they buy, you know, a brand that's, that's popular. That's now actual food. I mean, that's, that's how deep it can go.
0: Yeah. Primal developed. We've developed the first school pricing with Primal. So now amazing, Um, we had a lunch, uh, a principal of a school in Chicago come who's from like the worst, one of the worst uh, low-income uh, neighborhoods, gang-infested neighborhoods in Chicago where the lunch ladies don't even bring enough food for the children many right. days. We have to order pizza at McDonald's. She came out and got trained. And we they wow. are supported by, there's 20 schools that are supported by this foundation. And um, they had a back-to-school program for 150 teachers that was about health and wellness. And we had... Primal send goodie bags and Pure Indian Food Ski send goodie bags for all 150 staff. So there we're infiltrating, you know, some of the lowest um, underprivileged, you know, lowest income underprivileged areas where these people really need this deep nutrition. And so for the, the big brands to come down in price or to donate product is so huge. I mean, I just have so much gratitude for all, all that they do to, to get the good food into everybody who needs it.
1: Uh, yes, I, that's amazing, and 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 yeah, it's amazing to see that it's actually going there to the low-income communities because you know this is kind of like you know we're lucky that we can go. I could go to Sprouts, and and it is it can be expensive, so but I I do think that there is still a way to do it. It's just doing it the right way, um, and I'm glad you brought up the kids because I really want to talk about the kids. It it practically brought me to tears when. I heard the kids in the YouTube video talking about, you know, the amazing benefits they were experiencing, how they noticed that, you know, their mood was more stable and, and, you know, changing their diets, how powerful that really can be and how they feel. Um, but they're kids. So, you know, people are always wanting to know, how do we make it, how do we make it fun for kids? Um, and at the same time, educate them and empower them to make their own choices and make good food choices.
0: Right. I mean, I was I was just talking about that, that that little boy who showed his hand going up and down, like, I used to feel like this all day long, and then he went flat line. like, now I feel like this. Mm-hmm. That was really unprompted, and I was Amazing. just like, oh, my 30-second ad right there. Yeah, that's the whole thing. For him to, to, I think most kids don't realize, they don't know what it feels like to feel good. Most adults don't know what it feels like to no, feel they good. they don't. When all of a sudden you're having, like, you know, things shift in your body. And like I feel like genes were lighting up or whatever being flipped on that hadn't been flipped on or cells were lighting up, whatever. Just It felt like there were all these little light bulbs and epiphanies happening that were all created from how they felt from just visually being stimulated by the beauty of the food and the simplicity and then the fun that was created within the engagement and then the true nourishment that they felt on the cellular level. It was, it was just, it's really remarkable. And now we're in year three and like I was talking to you before we got on air, there's all sorts of the goal, the main goal that is happening or the good thing that is happening is that everybody's really aware now and they're trying to take control of their own health, especially the teachers. There still is a lot of confusion as to what is true, you know, and right what's good and what's bad and and so i've said to them not all carrots are created equal not all cows are created created equal not all potato chips are created equal not all fats are created equal so and they're going to assimilate differently in your body because of the way they are created so or not assimilate right so um so to get the kids to just really understand that to gravitate towards whole foods, real foods, as close to the source as you can, and that we only I mean the first day of school or the first time I get up and do a gratitude once a week with them and I got, you know, put my hands on my knees and I just said I'm gonna look you guys right in the eye, all of you, and I'm just telling you from my heart that I am sourcing from the absolute best farmers in our local food system that I can find that are um, doing things right, treating animals humanely. They have all the best intentions to nourish not only you guys, but the soil and the land, the earth, everything. Right. So um, so that they truly can trust us and know um, that they can come to us with any questions because it, it is, it's so confusing for kids these days and they blow with the wind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. um went vegan and she's really skinny. And so I think I'm going to go vegan. And I'm like,
3: what? Oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, wow. or I'm I'm only eating uh, two-legged animals, or you know, like, <laughs> oh my goodness, believe. you wouldn't believe just like, and then they're the reasoning, and then what I said to them the other day was, or just yesterday they they were coming to me asking what makes a complete meal. The little sixth graders are going out can on a camping trip, and it's really great that they're asking now because I feel like the high schoolers even. Aren't necessarily making the right decisions when they're going out in the land for several days at a time. What <laughs> sustain them for, you know, the longest. And so the the sixth graders to ask that, but I asked them about macronutrients and 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 what you know how they're getting their protein, and they really didn't know at all. So mm-hmm. and especially if kids are have gone vegan or vegetarian, how are you getting your protein, and what are the best sources and Um, you know, how many cups of that would you need? Or what's the serving (laughs) set? Right.
2: (laughs) Good good old Socratic method. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, just opening that conversation so that they can understand that, like I said, I don't care how you eat, really. Ultimately, it's not my decision. But what I care about is that you're getting what you need. So it's my job to make sure that your brains are growing and that your bodies are growing and that I'm feeding you on a cellular level to support that so that you can be the best person you can be. And the
2: healthiest amazing amazing and and again, this type of message now more and more i 'm realizing that this message is is the way that we 're going to do this because you know don 't get us wrong like we, we our passion for nutrition and for health and all this stuff really was really ignited when we both well when we when we started a paleo diet like in two thousand and eleven that that 's really where it started, but then interestingly, like when we, when we started a ketogenic diet in 2016, um, there were some issues that we had, you know, cause um, I always talk about this, like with keto, the problem is, and, and even carnivore, cause I love my meat. The problem is that people are focusing on, you know, protein sources and, and um, you know, the right amount of carbs, not too many carbs and all this stuff. And, and that seems to me like it could be very intimidating and way too complicated for people. But but this message of, of like eating locally sourced, just real food, is yeah. it's just so very much powerful. easier for people to understand, especially because you're integrating every part of it. You're integrating the importance of the, the way the animal's treated. You talked about very important nowadays, especially with all these problems that we are going to have to face eventually, how to feed people. We need to save our soil because we're right. destroying it you know our topsoil's gone so i mean for these kids to understand like it's this whole system and it's this whole integrated thing and it really jumps out to me because you're educating these kids on just how easy nutrition can be because you know i've even been personally guilty of this like i'm slowly weaning myself of of off of my old calorie tracking ways cuz i always used to track <laughs> um, but people are still obsessed with things like calorie tracking and figuring out the perfect balance of carbs and all this stuff have you, you told me you've you've kind of educated them on this but how have the parents and how have the children responded when you've told them when you've told them that you know it's not about calories it's about real foods that nourish you like i'm sure you've had some pushback but what, what has the overall response been
0: yeah i mean the parents have been incredible and in that i think they see it's like the kids are coming home now and educating the parents and okay, <laughs> my goal is that this these, this starts to create the conversation where they're sitting around the dinner table and then we've made it available for the parents to come and buy sourdough or bone broth or have access to um, some good pricing with certain products or meats or organ meats, even whatever. And so that it infuses into the home and becomes a lifestyle. So that really is what's happening for many of the homes because there are so many people that are sick. So within every school system, you're going to find those people that truly get what you're doing and they're going to jump on board but one thing that we've started is a a citizen science project that is um or I forget exactly citizen science I don't know study where we've got Dexcom blood glucose monitors oh those are
2: great yeah I've used those
0: (laughs) yeah it's amazing so we've got parents we've got some teachers we've got some kids I've been wearing one for about six months on and off now so we're showing or it's really about empowerment and education and just simply showing people how food affects their body. So what they eat, how it affects their blood glucose levels. And so ultimately what I would love is that now we've got a a chef cohort putting them on so that we can say, and then the lunch leaders, we would love to have them so that you understand then how food affects your body. And then you have an accountability as to who, what you're feeding other people. So especially if you're feeding children, like I went to a camp the other day and saw a plate of what they were serving. It was like pasta Oh my god! I can't remember. It was it was all white. It was like rice, pasta, grapes, and bread. I don't know. It was there. Well, was that's all yeah, fortified all
2: with vitamins, yeah, Hilary?
0: fortified. <laughs> and I was just like, so if that chef had put a had a blood glucose monitor on and saw what her blood sugar did after eating that, I think they would have a hard time then turning right. that to children. So it's ultimately about. Um, it's been an amazing tool. Love it. Parents are just like, oh my gosh, really empowered and switching their di- diets and lifestyles and their thoughts around how they feed their kids. I think also a lot of parents take care of themselves because they feel like they want to, they're trying to get better, but then they still feed their kids. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, we can't. Yes. This is like you, a pet peeve. Yeah. plenty of time to, you know, they're still, I don't know what that mentality is, you know, like yeah. else are, they're just kids, but it's like, right. oh. I know, but then it's going to be harder for them. It's like, why not teach them now?
2: You know know what though? I think, I think it's a simple incentive problem. You know, like um, we've talked about this because we, we sell like training programs for like, you know, exercise programs and things like that. And we were super excited because we, we created this family program, this fat fueled program, you know, how to live a fat fueled lifestyle. And we were so excited about it. And it was a big dud. And now, obviously, we're going to repurpose it and give it away, um, which, yeah, but but it's interesting because, you know, I'll sell a program that that's like promising, you know, that you're going to get abs and people are all over it. But for some reason, it's just like there's not the incentive is usually not there for parents to say, hey, I want to get my family healthy and I want to live this lifestyle that prevents disease. You know, I obviously that's daunting, that's our job. You know, don't
0: wake up, wait, don't wait for the wake up call. I mean, that's yeah. where to, that they always do. You have yeah, <laughs> human nature or something. But I said to the lunch leaders that we trained this summer that just to be patient with themselves, because just as you can, you know, all of a sudden be fifty and be hammered with a disease, you didn't just get it in the last week. It's right. like years, and just as topsoil is totally depleted and devoid of many minerals. It didn't t- didn't happen overnight. And so we're not going to rejuvenate it all overnight. And we're not going to reverse disease overnight or switch everybody's right. mind overnight. It's just going to be this slow, creating this groundswell of people. And that's where I really feel like the lunch leaders is a brilliant way to um, to just provide hope. I mean, so that these people, what we did is we're we're training critical thinkers. Like I'm not going to be able to go into your school system in Florida and go solve all your problems. But you could come out here, and I could train you all on traditional foods as medicine, and how to cook them, and how to properly prepare all the foods, and and how you're going to start to scratch the surface in your area to find your local resources. Then I can set you up with national brands, and then we can hold your hand and help together to make a difference in your community. And then connect you. Ultimately, what I my main goal is to have a um, Online subscription-based model where people are connect, lunch leaders are connected across the globe. So if you're both in, if there's five of you in Florida, then you can have collective buying power. You can have events together and you can raise awareness or um, just support one another. And then if you're, if you guys are passionate about fat or you're passionate about sourdough or whatever it may be, you can have. We'll have like a lunch leader food tube where you could jump on and have your own channel where you're talking all day long about what you're passionate about. As long as it's in line with our goal and mission, then go for it, right? And people can tune in to you all day long. And so then it's giving everybody a voice and it's really creating that. I mean, that's where technology is so amazing. Yeah. Every day I want to throw the phones out the window.
3: <laughs> I know. Yes, yes I know. Trust it's me. hard.
0: It's like a love-hate. It's sparse Many good things. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing too, as parents, I I have so much sympathy. When I first came to California and my cookbook had just been released like two weeks after we got here and every, so my husband was sick, my kids were like in school all day and I was out trying to promote my book and I didn't know anybody, but everybody I would meet from a different country and LA is filled with like people from all over the world would look at the cookbook and say, this is the way we ate growing up and we were never sick. Oh my gosh. That's yes. That we have like one generation of people left that truly remember eating this way, unless you happen to be like, you know, a grandma that, you know, your Cuban mom or grandmother had, right. When you were little, but most of us didn't get that. And so I set out to try and interview as many people as I could. And I started with French people. And this one little French lady. She's like four feet tall. And I met her in the butcher shop and she was buying bones and making her own bone broth. And I went right up to her. I was like, what are you doing? And if I hear an accent, I'm like, Hey, where are you from? And yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tell me your secrets. <laughs> yeah, she does Tai Chi for like an hour every day. She's 90 now.
2: Oh my gosh. That's amazing.
0: She's awesome. And she said to me, she said, you know, Hillary simplicity is gourmet. And I thought, oh my gosh, I need that as a tagline. Like it's yes. just so And, but she also said, you can't dismiss the fact that there are many single moms who are working yeah. who are going to do the best they can and are lining up at the prepared food section every night in Whole Foods or wherever, at any grocery store, trying to just put food on the table. And so, I mean, that's really the goal with all of this is to bring the joy and the fun and the beauty of it all back because I think there's so much disconnection now, especially with the phones um, and technology that we're not only disconnected from the land and our food sources, but from each other. And so when you, like all of the lunch leaders, we had 13 people from across the country and they're all, they. I think they just bonded in this way that they never expected because yeah. it's over beautiful food and conversation and being nourished. And when that truly, when it happens to you, it's like, oh, you just want that feeling, right? You just want to- yeah. yeah. So, um, so it's, you know, it's not just food. It's, it's community and joy. And that's where, that's where like at school, we don't eliminate any food group. We just make sure everything's properly prepared. Love it. It's as digestible as possible. And teaching those, you know, the people used to soak their beans for days because they're not really digestible if you don't
2: our Cuban Cuban, Cuban grandmother did
0: that.
1: She did right? all the yeah. greens you sprouted would, them?
2: You soaked your the rice. She would
0: rinse it
1: and
2: soak it and all that they stuff.
1: Yeah. Knew. I, don't they know. Knew.
2: I don't know either. I honestly do not. We maybe have like they a, didn't
1: really even know why they did it. Well, it's, it's like a, it's down. just passed down. Yeah, we
2: have a photocopied book of a of a, a cookbook called La Cocina Criolla, which means the Creole kitchen. So, like, it's you it's know, it's an Creole. old Cuban, cookbook. it's all it's those African apart. and Spanish um dishes that that make up traditional cuban cuisine and you have and i i'm sure you've you've talked about deep nutrition so you know dr shanahan talks about
3: yeah
0: i just talked about her on my um so good she's a my lunch lady show i don't know if you guys have seen that but you can no, no, you have a lunch lady show out. we're
2: going to watch that yeah, for sure
0: the stories on my instagram Oh, is, stories yes yeah we do like a day every day it's like a day in the life in the kitchen. yes i yes i told i was telling you remember i was watching her her stories yeah
3: yes.
0: so um and we're just goofy and crazy. And we don't really know what the show looks like till the end of the day when we go home and sit down. And <laughs> I love it. We're like, please let the show be okay. But so I just I just quoted um, Dr. Shanahan because she talks about how the Native Americans would like kill a moose and then they would take the adrenal glands and cut up little tiny pieces of it and make sure everyone in the tribe had a piece to prevent scurvy. Yeah. Amazing. Because the they were like, we're not giving away our secrets. And, yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I don't know how the heck do you, how they knew that. But it's yeah. just neat, you know. We used to have that deeper connection to our surroundings, and that's what's so beautiful about the Manzanita School is they really brought nature connection to me,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, and that is so super important. I was yes. you know, completely disconnected from my surroundings, so the kids do sit spots for. Um, Twenty minutes at a time, where they go in and they sit out in nature and just be still and reconnect.
3: Oh my god! Incredible.
0: Gosh. We're gonna have to move out there.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> my kids need to go to the school. No, but we,
2: we these the kids are outside all day.
0: Do Cuban Day. Yeah. So we oh. could do Cuban Day, and you guys could come and we could highlight like one of your grandmother's recipes or something. Or
2: oh my gosh, oh that we, would be we, so amazing. We got several. We could totally we have do so that. Many.
1: That would be so cool. Be yeah, this has to happen. This is so fun. My kids would love it. <laughs> Well, I'm also okay, so I'm so glad that you started to talk about you were talking about lunch leader uh lunch leaders because that was our next question and we wanna know all about the academy, like how did it go? Tell us kind of just like the details of you know, like the logistics of it on how how is this gonna be available to us and how can people get involved
0: okay. with Lunch Leader Academy? We need to get our website up and running. I mean, I have livyumyum but there's nothing on there about the lunch leader. So it's mostly livyumyum on Instagram right now, and so okay. we're maybe re- we'll rebranding lunch leader. So we're all in flux right now. But you can always DM me or reach out through email, which is Hillary H Boynton at Gmail. Um, Hillary with one L. So you can provide that to your your peeps. But um, the the academy was unbelievable. It really happened very quickly. Um, Within like six weeks, we decided to just, we made a decision to do it. We found a beautiful place in Topanga, this private home. It's like a retreat center, basically. And um, we so we had this place where we could stay. And they believed so much in our mission that they gave us this great deal. And then we had these two sisters from San Diego who were starting this pre- preschool that they said, you know, if you guys launch this thing, we're there. We're coming. So we had you know two people signed up. And we're like, okay, if we get 10... We can make it go, maybe even eight, we can make it go and pay for it. And then it was like 13 max. And then we had also this amazing farm, um, Plumcot Farm in Malibu that we've done some events with where they're very passionate about uh, the same, all the same stuff that we're passionate about. And that's this beautiful uh, private home that has an amazing cooking kitchen, a teaching kitchen. And they also have a, a farm. So we had basically everyone stayed in Topanga at this Beautiful spot where we did cooking class. Some cooking classes there. Then we would go to Malibu and do more cooking classes and had a tour of the farm. And then we went to the Santa Monica Farmers Markets. So we taught them how to interact with the farmers and empowered them with all sorts of questions and what what they could do in their local food systems. And then we went to Belcampo. Do you guys know Belcampo? No. Uh, it
2: sounds familiar.
0: She's um, up in Mount Shasta area, and she has a beautiful farm with all grass-fed cattle, and she's started these butcher shops around, mostly in California. I think now she's open in New York as well, but they have this amazing butcher shop right in Santa Monica. So we went, and the lunch leaders all sat down, and they were introduced to um, organ meats. Mm -hmm. So we had like heart and liver and sardo and Uh, salamis and bone broth and all sorts of stuff. And then we actually had a class on, um, um, they had a side of meat or beef and they talked about the different cuts of the animal and so how you can be resourceful and use um, less expensive cuts of meat and using nose to tail and no waste. I mean, we're in no waste kitchen at Manzanita. We have a trash can that's like, what last year was like, one foot high, and we were serving
3: <laughs> people. <and> we
0: fill <laughs> the trash can every day, so we compost everything, and we um, consider ourselves as no waste as, as best we can. Wow! And so then we went. Um, what else did we do? I'm trying to think. We had two cooking classes in Malibu. Next next time around, we want to have a tour to Apricot Lane Farms. Have you guys heard of the movie The Biggest Little Farm? No. No. Have to see it, and all your fans oh, have to. See it.
2: Oh, we're writing that. So, down. I'm gonna write
0: that down. It's amazing, and it just is it on Netflix or where should we find I it? I think it's on Netflix now or Amazon. Um, it's okay, just finally cool. available. I think it was. They just finished their whole tour and everything, but they are amazing, and they started a biodynamic farm um, in Moore Park, which is like twenty five minutes north of us, and they've been super supportive of the manzanita school and all that we're doing. And, um, they basically just had this vision of Molly. The, the wife was a private chef and she wrote a cookbook called back to butter. And then John was a movie guy. And, uh, um, amazing the
2: way these things are coming together.
0: Amazing. When your people watch it, they'll just be like, Oh my God, I get, it's like everything in nature is designed to work. They took like a, I think it's 200 acres of just like Terrible soil, and within eight or ten years, it's this amazing, beautiful biodynamic farm. But it wasn't without many failures, many deaths of animals, and things you know, like, just there's there just is a a beautiful synergy that happens once everything, once the systems are all in place, right? Yes. So <laughs> brought the land back to the way it should be. So, um, so that the lunch leaders, hopefully will get next time around, have a tour of that farm and see the movie. Um, and then again, we had the whole day spent dedicated to lectures in national brands and regional brands and local people coming and interacting with the lunch leaders and setting up those accounts so that they can get started wherever they are.
2: Oh my gosh. We are like, I love this time period where we're talking to you. Like this is like, I feel like we're on a cusp of something really massive because like you already have so much in place that, and obviously we're, we're, I guess we'll ask now because I think it's the most appropriate time is we want to know how can we support your mission And how can people support your mission? So what are the things that people can do to, obviously they can get enrolled in, you know, the Lunch Leader Academy, but what are some of the things that we can do and that our listeners can do to help spread your message and and help you just grow this, this massive groundswell of a, of a, of a grassroots movement?
0: Oh my gosh. I'm like pinching myself. You're so nice. So it's like, I, I just really feel so much gratitude to be on, your podcast and just to be able to share my message. I just said to this woman prior to speaking to you guys, like sometimes I come home at night and I'm like, am I going to die? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh my God. I'm so I, be it? <laughs> and I am like a low, you know, I'm like a single mom of five kids and I'm like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to die trying to change the world. But, um, but I, I have, I'm going to have fun doing it, but I think the more people that understand the mission and jump on board to help support, is amazing. Coming to the Lunch Leader Academy, we had, oh shoot, ah sorry, no worries. <laughs> eight angels. Like I would get onto my Instagram stories uh, Sorry, and try and at night, like in my pajamas and just say like, we need a sponsor for Chicago. We need an angel. These people are coming from, you know, gang infested areas and they want to change their yeah. school lunch system. And eight people sponsor people from across the country that they didn't oh, even see. So. And yeah, it was just by oh. spreading the word the $2,500 ticket. So it was, but for some people that's nothing. Well, so here's my main goal. I'm just going to throw it out here.
2: Yeah. Throw it out.
0: My main goal is to I'm like, who's calling me? Um, maybe it's an angel. My, my goal is to set up a hub where we can train the lunch leaders. Right. So what we did was amazing, but we had a place in Topanga and a place in Malibu. And you know, with food, it's like you're schlepping all. It's not in my place, so I'm schlepping right. all cans and schlepping all the food and trying to find the refrigeration space and trying to get everybody everywhere. So if we could have a main hub set up right. eventually, where people could just come and that everything was right there, and we had proper, um, you know, kitchen set up so that it could just be right. turnkey would yeah. so much less stress and I believe we'll get there for sure I mean I don't know if you guys do you guys know Hugh Fernley Wedding still no no he's a British, he's a British bloke he uh, <laughs> he I've been following him for a long time too like Jamie Oliver he left the, he's a chef and he left the city and moved to the country and started River Cottage. It was like his own little farm and he would grow all his own veggies and raise his own animals and then slaughter them and make blood sausage and go to the farmer's market. And he's just witty and funny. And now he's, now it's like, I don't know, 20 years later, and he's written cookbooks and he has River Cottage Cooking School and he has one in England and then he has another one in Australia now. And I think he's got his own food tube and stuff like that. So that's where I see the potential of this is like a lunch leader cooking school slash training academy where we can just have one. Yeah. Club. Yeah, that would be any incredible. big in- and that's what happened with Molly and John Chester from The Biggest Little Farm. Their, um, their dog was barking so much that they got evicted from their little apartment in Santa Monica. And they're like, maybe it's time to do our dream of like having a farm. And they had a party. And they just told all their friends of their dream. And they found an angel who invested in this land for them. And basically, they've, they have unlimited funds to do this.
3: Wow.
0: Wow. And yeah. But there are people yeah. out there like that, right? That's that, that, true believe in, in, um, believe in other people in and division, in spirit yeah. and passion and that, that for the greater good, this all means right. Absolutely. Well, yes. You put it out there into the universe.
1: No. And, Absolutely. and you know
2: what, like, this is where, like, you know, we, Maura and I, we, we try to find people that we, you know, are like, that are like-minded because we want to have these conversations because when you start, talking to all these different people, you start finding all the pieces start to fit. So I'm going to do my part to start introducing you to be, to all my friends that you don't know. Cause who knows where this could go because you, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry. Maura's whispering to me like this person, this person.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it's all about. It's collaboration, right? Yes. It's yeah. not an ego driven thing at all. Exactly. exactly. of us getting it getting out of our own ways and just, you know, it's all about collaboration. That's what we say in our kitchen. It's a sacred kitchen. We check our egos at the door. We check in with one another. So if, you know, Brando or Rita or one of my lunch leaders had a rough night the night before, I'm going to know about it and I'm going to support them that day. We're all going to support them because we all have rough days. Right. Feel nourished on more than... The, the food level, you feel like you're truly supported. And then, of course, we sit yeah. down and we meal together. But that's what it's about, because then when we feel loved and nourished, we can put that love into the food. And then that's so clear for the children and the community that we're pouring our love and our hearts into what we're making for them. And that's, you know, that's just a beautiful thing.
2: It's overall just a much more chill Cooperative world. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's eating good food. They don't have psych issues. They don't have
1: inflammation. You know,
2: everybody feels loved. <laughs> People are spending time outside. This yes. is the world that we envision. Yeah, and s- luckily, unlike different things that we've done in the past, like maura and I were like, you know, we were into politics before, and we even we
1: thought we were going to change the world. That yeah, we
2: we like supported two Ron Paul campaigns. We thought we were going to change the world, <laughs> and after two camp two election cycles, we were like, this is not going to do this is not going to do it. We, we need to do what we can do and what we can control. And we know we can control like the way we spend our money, um, how we spend our money, of course, what we spend it and on our own family like, and our kids. Our kids. Yeah, yeah. Our kids. That's, that's it. It's the kids.
3: All
0: you really have control over is yourself. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. showing up every day and yeah. gratitude. I think gratitude is something gratitude. so missing and massive, massive. And so just living in gratitude for what we're so fortunate. Oh my gosh! With these kids, I transit like you guys are so fortunate.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and somebody had said to, I came to the school a couple years ago from a farm and said, imagine you're, imagine the first person up to a buffet, with a beautiful spread of food, and there's seven billion people standing behind you. You're the first one there. Like, yeah. how much do you take? How much is enough? Oh, wow. yeah. And it's like Great. to really reflect on how much do we really need to be nourished, right? Do we need right. to fill? plate do we need to have massive amounts of this or that or can we just start small and then come back for seconds if you really feel like you need more right or, you know maybe you're like oh, i'll survive till dinner There's yeah but be-
2: maybe maybe you're so busy in an actual conversation that you you, you, you don't you lose eat. your hunger so you <laughs> yeah. so you, yeah
0: <laughs> you're fasting. Like therapy we know when we shop we're not hungry yeah yeah
2: fasting exactly. fasting
0: mode <laughs> you're like yeah. at least i'm not I forget it. all the triggers go right out. I'm like, Ooh,
2: yep. <laughs> so, right. Anyway, so what were you saying? Uh,
0: no, I was just, I don't know. Keep
2: <laughs> all right. So I wanted to have one more kind of practical question. Yeah. Um, and, well, and two, I want to ask two, snacks. yeah, the snacks for sure. But the first one I want to talk about is, is, you know, one of our main areas of focus with our nutrition and our children, like is eating nose to tail, of course. And, and we, we have like a few creative strategies that we implement with our boys. Like, so at least three to four days a week, they're getting some organ meat or broth or something like that. And we know we're aware that just like removing processed foods from their kids' diets, like eating those to sounds a lot harder than it really is. And parents usually they suffer more worrying about it than when it really happens. And of course they suffer way more than the kids do. Cause the yeah. kids are just, they're like, they Oh, this abs- is it. They're yeah. So, so um, These can you give us a few examples of like the 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 odd bits and parts and the awful that you put on the menu and like how how have the kids responded?
0: I know it's like it's like I I it's like a dance because right, like even some of the lunch leaders can be squeamish about it. Like, oh, are we really gonna have liver? And I'm like, we're just gonna chop up a pound of liver and put it in twenty pounds of meat right so it's not I'm not going overboard but and then I don't know it's like it's so foreign to some people that it it's like I don't know what the difference really is but I, I mean I can get squeamish about like a brain or
2: yeah brain brain consistency is not great it tastes fine though yeah it tastes so, fine
0: yeah so I mean and then we had heart the other day with my kids and and I was just like it's just like steak and it, it is. really is it really is people yeah a different my kids have said to me, "Mom, just put it in like the bolognese sauce or burger. Like, yeah, just <laughs> put it in the burger. That's what we do. We're like,
1: we put, we it put in the
2: yeah, we put like usually liver, heart, uh, and sometimes kidney and and some um, kidneys
0: rough though kidneys yeah, yeah. yeah. chewy two, kind or well I would say even at Bellcampo and some people's butcher shops across the country they might even sell at Bellcampo they sell dog grind it's labeled dog grind and oh
2: it, yeah they throw liver in everything. and everything
0: grass-fed beef, and I just add more grass-fed beef to it so that I don't have to grind it all up. That's really for my own children. I don't serve dog grind at the school. But, um, <laughs> but I was like, if you guys labeled this like paleo grind, you'd probably sell a ton of it. Exactly. Grind or something. But, um, but so I sneak it in. I mean, I grew up with like chicken livers wrapped in bacon, and my kids just pick the bacon off. And I'm like, mom, just like I said, they're like, just sneak it in. Like, we don't need it this way. But another great way is... <laughs> Dirty rice, which you can make, like, a really beautiful oh. Cuban rice and take all the giblets um, and run them. So put them in, like, the quiz. Like, cook them, like, saute them in butter. Oh.
3: And then, um,
0: like, the, you can use the – it's like the – kidney and you can do liver or whatever and put it sauteed in butter, garlic, if you want, whatever, cumin, then throw it in your Cuisinart and really blitz it. And then you add it to your, when you're sauteing onion, you add that in and then you put, mix it into your rice, you put tons of cilantro um, or cilantro and it's really, del- and broth in there, cook it all in broth. And it's
1: like, Ooh. my kids, you see my, my, we have little Cuban kids, so they love their like they love their rice. Wow, so yeah, That's is. something I could probably do. That sounds amazing. Um, I'm
0: trying to think of what other ways. We do a lot of broth. So we use like yeah, beef yeah. and chicken heads we get right from our farmer. And we just got actually pasture bird. Do you guys know them? Primal Pastures?
2: Primal Pastures, yes. Primal Pastures, do. yes. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So we just got their chicken. They worked with us on price. Ooh. And I'm like, pricing. Pricing I'm like, I said to the kids, I'm like, we have like the best chicken in the country right now. Yes. It is. It's so hard to find good chicken. That's not so expensive.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's what I mean about farmers wanting to work with you. They I've really the benefit and then the marketing does come back to them. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. So I'm trying to think of what other organ meats. Mostly liver. Um, you can chop it up and put it in soups. Like if you're making a chicken soup, you can just chop it up finely. Yeah. Um, and... Oh, meatloaf! Like
2: we're having. Oh a meal. yeah, meatloaf and meat and and, and um, meatballs and meatballs too. Oh,
0: meatloaf, any ground meats? Yeah, it's easy. That's uh, that's my number one way. I think is just to, to yeah, it. yeah. There we just- grind it up with bacon and
1: yeah. We meat.
2: do like eight pounds of stuff. Like I, I had this week. I put a, a two pound veal liver and um, what else did I put? Ground beef. You did. Heart? I something else? What? Heart? No, no heart this no. week. I didn't have heart. Baby but yeah, baby. so we just made that. Oh, you added the fat. Oh, I actually I have like five pounds of beef fat left over, so I put like I added some beef fat, so I grind it all together, and we just blitz it for like four days. Like, yeah, we we're like this is all straight. we're eating for the next four days, it's so good. <laughs> and it's amazing.
0: No way. Yeah, wow. I love it. The, kids, cool. the kids, the kids, did, do they it have too. some more,
2: they have more variety. So, like, yeah. they'll have they they'll might have, have it once a day, but I'll have it like two or three times a day.
0: Yeah. Well, when you go back yeah. on it feels
1: so good after Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the feeling. Yeah. I'm like, I just feel so great when I
0: eat
2: Yeah. It's like that is like giving us months of like nutrition.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like well liver is like the powerhouse, right? So it's just you can get a little bit of that into you and your kids. And even Justin from Clovis Culture saying he hates liver and he ate it straight for sixteen days and now he craves it. Yeah, you, oh you, you, you start craving it. I never yes, liked it either. And now I crave it. Yeah. Your body's like, ooh, give me that. <laughs> yeah, there's one mama, there's a couple stories. There's one mama whose daughter suffered from depression and she's totally, you guys understands all of this. And she said, she's now on a mission to try and help people get more organ meats into their diets because just by introducing organ meats, she saw a huge difference in the depression lifting. Oh, absolutely. So, and then also one of the lunch leaders that was trained. She, she had come out with two other lunch leaders. Um, another group from Chicago came this past spring. They're starting a school there or a lunch program. And she's, she's brilliant. She's like went to MIT and has all these amazing skill sets, but she has a, a Instagram called hopefully good cooking.
3: Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm, I
0: got to follow that right now. You gotta follow her. I'm giving her a big shout out. She's amazing, and she, um, and she can top the science behind anything. And she's just like so smart. And she was at the academy, and she was showing us that the less you cook the liver, actually, the the less livery flavor it will be. It won't be as pungent. Yeah, so just barely sear it, and then slice it thin, thinly, and eat it that way. If you're gonna cook it, and eat it plain.
2: Yes. We, we have actually, you're going to love this one. We have, um, we'll take, I took the other day, like I got a bunch of, um, raw chicken liver and, um, beef liver and it was, just it was left over. And so I ran it through the, um, the, the food processor and I poured it into little molds and then I I put them in the freezer. And now you have like these little,
0: they're like little liver pills.
1: Yeah.
2: So we have like, (laughs) darth vader liver pills we have
0: <laughs> are they tiny though i mean i used to do that and cut the liver up and it was such a pain i'm like oh my gosh i'd almost rather just eat the liver because it was like trying to cut you have to get it when it's like just dying right yeah. exactly
2: yeah and then
3: you can- yeah, yeah. Right.
2: and yeah you gotta have it right away but it's kind of big like these are like yeah, each are one is probably like them. a little bit less than half an ounce
3: yeah
0: yeah. Well, and our farmer will do a package of one pound of beef liver and have it already sliced. Which I think oh, is nice. Because then it's just like you open the package, you sear for like a minute, each side maybe, and then it's done. Yeah, perfect. that's perfect. That's a huge heart or huge liver. You yeah. Yeah. It's the prep
1: that's always a pain in the butt.
0: Into it, yeah. Baby's first food can be a partially cooked like egg yolk, right? So just oh my very- goodness.
2: you're going to love
0: this. You're- yeah. You're liver on top. And that's like deep nutrition for babies, brains. So listen, listen to this. Okay, you're going so to love this so much. So seven, cause I've been on this, I've been
1: on this, uh, this thing for a while. Like I, before we were even keto, I was paleo back when my oldest was born eight years ago. And that was, I saw the healthy home economist.
0: She's oh yeah, Sarah, yes. you know Sarah.
1: Yeah, she's here in St. Pete. Oh, that's He was one of the only people that was like online that was like doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, really been
2: doing this and, and I
1: forever. saw her video about first food because I was like, no way, my kid was like strictly breastfed. I no formula, and I was already like totally gonna be crazy about it. I'm like, no, 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 we're not, we're not doing the cereal. None of the cereal first food. And I saw her video, and my oh my goodness, I gave it to him, and he loved it. We did the soft boiled egg yolk with the raw liver.
0: Until this day, this kid will—he loves Crush it. Like he'll liver. eat the liver burgers. Yeah. He eats so good. He's so healthy. <laughs> I know, that's my a big advice is stick with it because my little guy used to eat liver. He used to love it, and he even, I even came home from the Western Price Conference with teeny tiny little dried fish. <laughs> like they're half an inch and he would eat those they're like little salty snacks and now there's no way he would touch those things yeah they go through phases though
1: I feel like mine go through phases too where they're like oh I'm not eating this anymore I'm like okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) that is funny
1: teenagers now i'm like oh my god like, oh goodness all right well the last the last thing i wanted to ask you is because it, this is like the hardest thing and i'm sure you know being a mom of five kids you know how annoying it is when they ask you for a snack and like it's the constant
3: snacking
0: so like what are some of your go-to snacks um uh, well i just found amazing beef sticks from our farmer here they have no sugar in them so nice a good beef stick or beef jerky amazing. yep yes even my, my one kid who's now he's left Manzanita and gone to the public school. He's in high school. Nice and he wanted a little bigger uh seed to swim in, he just went off with like a whole pack of beef jerky and was like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so um but what else? I mean, raw cheese, like I mean sometimes even salami, raw cheese, yeah. um, uh, what else do they have? Sprouted nuts, nut butters.
1: Yeah, same. Um,
0: sourdough with butter I mean my god I feel like I eat like just a spoonful of butter raw yeah butter. I do I'll eat just butter too
1: yep. yeah so my, my youngest will eat butter he always asks me for butter in the morning <laughs> my,
0: my baby he reached up on the counter when he was little and grabbed a whole stick of butter and, and I know now his body <laughs> is craving that right Yeah. Yes. they know the babies always know they know what else did we have um, Rocky from getting that in before we disappear again yes awesome. that's a
2: great one Buy
0: love these it. And make your own rocky kefir. I know. And, I got to try that. You guys know Mandy Bloom in St. Pete? Yes,
2: yes yeah, Mandy. Yes.
0: Like she's she's a friend of mine. We taught a cooking class together. Price. It, it, was it, was it that,
2: were we with her at, at, at Christmas? Fostering nutrition. Fostering nutrition. Well, I don't think we met her, but I, I know who yeah. she is.
0: Yeah, but she's I've a good her. If you need anything, she has the answer, I bet. You guys eat any dairy or no?
2: um yes I'll do we, it if it's raw if it's raw but we haven't had a lot of like raw we, we haven't been buying a lot of raw dairy lately but we used to eat a ton of it but we yeah we love raw cheese raw cream raw raw milk yeah. uh, I'll, I'll do raw let's milk let's get some more raw milk let's Try get the raw which one
0: the raw kefir, kefir yeah oh I got that. So easy you just put the grains in a jar pour raw milk over it leave it overnight on your counter it will ferment in like a day probably so hot and then you strain the grains and
3: drink. Oh. Good. I, you.
1: Ooh, I love fermented anything. Yes. So good. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My
0: jam.
2: All right. So, our our connection is getting kind of bad, and we don't want to waste any of, more of your time. So, we want to just give you one more opportunity to share everywhere people can find you because I want everyone to yeah, find we're out. i going to put it on the show notes and
1: stuff. So, don't worry.
0: Okay. So, the best place is Live Yum Yum. L I E Y U M Y U M. On Instagram, that's I mean. That's like about all I can handle right now with um, social yeah, media fine. and
2: stuff. Well, guys, we got a little bit of a connection issue at the end of this call uh, with um, Hillary, so we wanted to just end it here. But um, we want you all to make sure that you're following Live Yum Yum. Definitely, we're going to put the um, the YouTube video that we saw on what Hillary's doing. Um, we support her mission 100, percent and we're just so passionate about this. So please. Share this episode with your friends. Um I don't know. What do you think, my love? I mean, this is one of the most one Honestly, of the most we were, inspiring episodes. Yes, it was
1: so inspiring. I'm so bummed that we couldn't finish it off, but I know that it was still super impactful and that you guys are gonna really
2: love this. Yeah. So share this episode with everyone because we really wanna help Hillary out. All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs>